All right, we're back. The Mush, week one. Corey, Adam, John, everyone's favorite gambling podcast on the night on the Rivals Network. But we're going to kind of focus in on game one, top 25 games throughout. We'll just kind of start it off. We'll just jump right ahead. Florida at Utah. I don't know why that ticker is so slow. Four and a half. That's a big game. Wisconsin uh, transfer Graham Mertz versus Cameron Rising. If Cameron's not hurt, I don't know if the news is going to be official or not. Could delay the game, but we'll have to figure it out. But Adam, what are your thoughts on this game? Why don't you start out? Yeah, it looks like he's not going to play. I mean, that uh, seems like a pretty uh, reliable guy that uh, is reporting that Cam Rising is out. Bryson Barnes is going to play. And he was seemingly like the third option because Brandon Rose also got hurt during practice. So if I'm betting anything in this game, it's the under. Uh Utah is going to try to run out the clock. Florida has no offensive firepower. Uh, this is going to be possibly a 10-7 type game. But if you're going to bet unders, you're going to take the underdog. And that means I'm taking the Gators, uh, whether it's even by the time they kick it off or whatever it's going to be. I'll take a, uh, I'll take a Gators team that um, squeaked by last year and now has to go into Salt Lake City. This is a huge year for Billy Napier. Um, and I'm going to, and, and the public likes Utah still, but the money is on Florida. So I'm taking the Gators here. No, I agree. Um, I'm going to take Florida as well. Everything wanted, er, everything I want to do is take Utah. I think it's a, a tough venue to play at. It's really loud. Teams always struggle. It's going to be Graham's first game, but if Cameron's not going to play, then it's, the play has got to be for Florida. I think it's going to be, um, that, that's got to be a play at least at four and a half as well. What about you, John? Yeah, I would stay away or bet something else. As as Adam said, this is a funky game. Um, we, we do have some precedent based on last year, and Anthony Richardson was really the difference in that game. So I think going into it, we were all kind of on the Utah train with Cam coming back. But, yeah, just too much inconsistency, two new quarterbacks basically, and not a lot of returning offensive juice for either roster. So, yeah, I think it could be a funky type game. I think maybe the atmosphere, defense, turnovers, I think that's going to be the story when all is said and done. So I'd stay away or, or go underdog, as, as you guys have both uh, said. Yeah, I hate payback situations, especially in Salt Lake City at night on night one. That's tricky. But again, you, Utah could really win this game 13-10. So I would take the under, and I'm taking the Gators. Good. All right, next game we got on the slide, we got Arkansas State at Oklahoma. I'll be honest, I was not looking forward to this one until I kind of saw the depth chart and I saw the rise of JT Strout is making his return. He's back, super senior. <laughs> Gonna, uh, it's him versus Dylan Gabriel, 35 and a half. That is a lot of points, and if it's a veteran quarterback in the college system, I think I'm actually going to take Arkansas State because that is just a lot of points and you never know. It breaks my heart to go against the Sooners, but 35 and a half is just nothing I feel very confident about. Yeah, I hate to agree with you here, but any team coached by Butch Jones uh, is a team that's going to be in it. They have the heart of a champion. Um, Oklahoma is going to blow them out. Brick by brick. Yeah, brick by brick. It's going to probably be 55-21, but that covers that number. So, uh, again, this is a game that the public is all over Oklahoma, uh, obvious for obvious reasons. But that defense was pitiful last year, even if they're half better. And they've focused a lot on it. Um, they did lose um, some firepower there. I'm taking Arkansas State. I don't think the game is close. I don't think it's interesting. It could be 35 nothing at halftime. And then I'm, you know, I'm worried about this one through the third and fourth quarter. Um, and I, I know Venables wants to run things up and look like um, he's got a championship caliber team there in year two. But 30, if, if this ends up at 35, 36 and a half, the money's kind of flowing in on Arkansas State here. So I'm taking, I think they're the Red Wolves. So I'm going to take them. They are the Red Wolves, the fighting Red Wolves out of Jonesboro, Arkansas. Look, I, I'm with you. I, I think you, you've got too many points on Oklahoma side. We still don't know much about that defense, how it will be revamped. And, and the danger of, of bringing in a Jeff Levy offensively is, you want to go fast. You want to play tempo. And when that doesn't work, it could really mess up both sides of the football. So uh, assuming Oklahoma isn't at all cylinders offensively, 
which is safe going into a, a week one situation, uh, I think always puts you towards the other team. And, and anytime again, the numbers get into that 30 plus range. It, it always just scares me generally. So yeah. think of a veteran quarterback at Arkansas state and they hit the portal pretty well too. I think the red wolves are, are going to hang around in this game, maybe into the second quarter, which would obviously help them cover. Absolutely. I do have to ask, what are you guys' thoughts on Jackson Arnold getting into this game? Former five-star. We, all fell in love with him at Elite 11. Gordy, you actually had to convince me that he was what he was at Elite 11. I thought he overthrew too much, but you're like, take a second and rewatch the film and you'll see what we see. And I agree, but do you think they'll do it for the fans? Do you think they'll do it for the program to show what, what's next to come? Yeah, there is a portion of the Oklahoma fan base that dislikes me very strong, very strongly. So uh, I, I, I thought Jackson Arnold was great. I think he's going to be phenomenal in that system, and I think he's going to get into the game. I would not be shocked if Dylan Gabriel struggles a little bit or can't find his mark if Jackson Arnold is the starter at some point during the season. Now, Ooh. I don't think it's right off the bat, and I don't think Dylan Gabriel's going to struggle, so I, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But Jackson Arnold should see the field. That's where things get interesting because if this is 42-10 with – Six minutes left. Jackson Arnold's not going to take his foot off the gas. He's going to score. He's a scorer, man. He he puts the ball in the hoop. You know, he's he's not going to lay off, lay off the gas. So uh, I could see actually a backdoor cover for Oklahoma in this game if Jackson Arnold plays a lot in the second half. I would not be shocked to see him at all in this game, though. Yeah, I agree. As a, our old coworker Woody would say, he's got that dog in him. So you never know. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Next, we got Utah State at Iowa minus 24. Johnny, want to take this one? Yeah. I mean, I'm never giving Iowa any points <laughs> offensively until they show what they can be. You know, that that Ferentz, Ferentz battery remains there uh, at Iowa. I know Kate McNamara is there. It's another school that's hit the portal pretty well. But I've, I've got to be conservative and say, you know, I, I've got to wait until you show me this offense is is going to be quite different. Now, can Iowa overpower Utah State with its traditional Big Ten run-first offense? Yeah, absolutely. But again, you're talking about a four-score difference for a team that, uh, for the better part of last year, the the running joke was, will they hit double digits at all You know, during the game itself? So I think there's a lot of, of eyeballs on, on this one because – Iowa has to take a step forward offensively. And I think McNamara could be that guy. But until I see it, I'll probably go the other way. I would avoid or go Utah State with, with this 24-point spread. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to actually take Iowa here, but I do agree with everything John said. I mean, unless they can win this game 24-and-a-half to zero, I don't, I don't know if this game is going to be covered. The problem here and why I'm taking Iowa is because Brian Ferentz's salary is now tied to uh, offensive success. And so uh, he has a financial gain by scoring points. They finally have a quarterback that could kind of move it around. They're not going to try to score 50 points. I don't think they could score 50 uh, with the people that they have on their roster. But Utah State's a little bit of a mess. They lost both coordinators. They have a quarterback competition between three guys, which means they probably don't like any of them. Um, I could see this game being 28-3. So I'm going to take the Hawkeyes here, but if it's 3-0 at halftime, I would not be shocked either. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with Iowa as well. I'm going with Cade. I think they're going to try to make a statement to show what the offense can do. I know Cade really wants to prove himself after what happened kind of Michigan, but I'm going to take the Hawkeyes here. Gordon, I do have to say – you know, I always love my transfers at Iowa State. Did you know that Colby Bowen's there? Colby uh, Bowen, Bowen is yeah. at Iowa State. Wow. No, no, Utah State. Utah State. Oh, Utah State. All right. Well, maybe that changes my pick then. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how high he is on the depth chart, but Flip when I was trying to do my research. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, was a guy sweet. I did like to cover back in the day. Um. All right. Let's move on. East Carolina at Michigan. 36, um, J.J. McCarthy, they revamped the offensive line with all those Stanford transfers. It's going to be a massive blowout. I'm just going to – this will be a quick one for all of us. I think I'm just going to take the Wolverines here. I know it's a lot of points, but that offense is too overpowering and no one's going to stop them. 
Yeah, here's the tricky part about this game, though, is that Harbaugh won't be coaching in it because he bought a recruit a hamburger and then lied to the NCAA allegedly about it. Allegedly, allegedly, um, allegedly. I, you know, I would never say <laughs> that he that he definitely did it. Um, and then uh, Sharon Moore is not coaching in the game either, so they're going to be down two guys. Now that could mean that Michigan just tries to outlast East Carolina and run the clock out and control this game and win at 35, seven 36 is a lot of points. Um, but East Carolina is not the same East Carolina team as last year. And I think Michigan minus Harbaugh, who I don't know if he's going to put a mustache on like Bobby Valentine and try to be in the stands somewhere. Um, I'm actually going to take Michigan in this game. I think they probably win the game 45 nothing. Um, I think Michigan's going to come out fired up, peed off that they blew it to TCU last year. They think their coach is under fire by the NCAA, and East Carolina does not have nearly the firepower. So I'm going to take Michigan here, even though the number is dr- dramatically too high. What are you doing? That last part. Dramatically too hot. And look, yeah. East Carolina might start a quarterback named Mason Garcia. So I'm obligated to pick the Pirates in this one. 36 <laughs> is too much. And, and we don't know what Michigan's going to do in terms of calling the dogs off. I mean, I, I think if if there's a team built for the long haul, it, it's going to be Michigan. They've got a lot of young guys. They might want to get in this game. And, and maybe that muddies it up a little bit. So uh, give me the Pirates. Hoist the colors. Mason Garcia leads them to a strong cover and it's like 45 <laughs> <to> 10 <laughs> a strong cover i like that <laughs> um all right virginia at tennessee minus 28 this is going to be joe's team john you want to start this one what are, you, what are your thoughts on the uh volunteers let me tell you joe milton we've we've all seen for five six seven years now just the biggest arm of all time but can you can you tone it down? Can you settle and control that thing? I think that will be fascinating. We know Tennessee's offense wants to go fast. We know they're going to push the ball vertically, which roll right into Milton's strengths. So I do think they'll find some success. Virginia just has minimal traction um, under Tony Elliott. They're changing quarterbacks again. They've had some big time departures. So I do think this one, you know, the number 30 scares me. 28 might not be as frightening at this point especially at home i actually think tennessee can dominate out of the gate although i'm a little lower on the balls because of milton in the general sec picture i do think they, they start out incredibly strong and they can cover against uva yeah um i'm gonna take the big chalk here again and it makes me look like a sucker because basically all the money is on Tennessee. Every single dime bet on this game is basically on Tennessee, 95%. But only 60% of the public likes them. So the money is following the Vols. The public is sort of split. But I just think Tennessee sort of, this just feels like a 55-10 game to me. I think Vegas is keeping the number artificially low to try to intrigue you into that Virginia could could keep it close, but their best defensive player is not playing. The team sucks. The quarterback is a transfer from Monmouth. Uh, this is Tennessee laying the wood. I'm going to take Tennessee. Yeah, I'm also going to take Tennessee here, and I think they're going to have a little bit of that Oklahoma effect. I think Nico might get in the game late, and you know he's just going to score a million points. He's going to prove something. I hope he gets in the game. He was really fun to cover last year, but I'm going to take the balls here. Um, do you guys think Nico's going to get in the game if it comes down to it, or do you think they're just going to let Joe just kind of keep, keep getting the reps and all that? Well, the problem is, is like John said, Joe Milton has the uh, can throw the ball 80 yards, but his receivers only run 45 yards, you know, like <laughs> he can chuck it as far as he wants, but if he can't control it now, Nico can control it, and I think Nico will get in the game. Um, it's, it, I, I think this is going to be a, a comfortable win for Tennessee. Um, so I would say Nico gets in the game and looks just as good as he did in high school, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other freshman is more likely to get it. Anthony Calandrea for Virginia, sneaky, small, mobile, smart quarterback. 
I think they pull, they can pull them on with transfer quickly here if it gets out of hand. And I think UVA starts to kind of present itself as a rebuilding roster behind its, its true freshman quarterback. I remember that name. All right, we'll move on to the maybe the biggest game of the week, probably the most social views they'll get. Coach Prime, Colorado, going down to TCU. Um, minus 20 and a half. I mean, it's almost like transfer you when I was looking at that depth chart. It was crazy what's going on, but uh, who wants to start this one off? I mean, this is a ahead, tough pick. Look, um, 50 transfers, um, a total overhaul. Uh, I, I just think this is a lot to try to get settled. I, I do think, obviously, there's, there is individual talent there at Colorado, but all the splash guys we've talked about are skill guys. You know, in the trenches, I'm not sure how apt Colorado will be. Um, and defensively, not as much firepower with, with those transfers. And we all know TCU. Remember, Chandler Morris was the guy before Max Duggan last year. So if, if there's an experience factor in addition to being there at home, you know, I think TCU is going to be quite comfortable and they're going to come out with something to prove as well. You know, obviously the darling of last year, but embarrassed, completely embarrassed in that national title game. So I think TCU can come out guns a blazing coach prime on the other sideline or not. And, and Chandler Morris kind of reminds us of, Hey, let's go fast dual threat. Let's push the ball. They got some nice transfers in at the skill positions. I, I actually think this can get ugly pro TCU pretty early. And I'm surprised that line isn't higher. I would have expected 24, maybe even 27 uh, a couple weeks back, but there's obviously faith and money towards the Colorado side of this thing. So I think it's skewing the line a little bit. Yeah, I hate to keep agreeing here, but I'm taking TCU. This was almost my lock of the week. Um, we have one coach who's never coached a Power 5 football game, and then one coach who took his you know, darling team to the national title game last year, and Georgia was going to smoke anybody. And if Ohio State beat Georgia, they would have probably done the same thing to TCU because those were the two best teams last year. TCU beat Michigan, and Michigan might be the best team in the country this year. They beat them last year. Now they have a lot of changes, but Jordan Hudson is coming back. Jojo Earl is now on that team. Savion Williams. There's only one Travis Hunter on Colorado that can, that can match up with them. You know, Cormani might play, but who knows, you know, he, ever, he hasn't really played football in almost a year. So uh, we yeah. will see what this Colorado team is all about. This isn't Jackson state boys. This is big time football. Now they're going to go down there and I guarantee I've said it all off season. I'm saying it again. Every coach in the country is waiting to bust Deion Sanders bad. And Sonny yeah, Dykes no knows how to score. He knows how to run it up. This is the Big 12. Colorado might score some points here and there, but I, I think TCU blows him out, and Sonny Dykes wants to make a statement. Yep, I agree with you guys. I think my rule this year is I'm not betting on Colorado till they have a home game. I think they need the crowd behind them. I don't know if they know how to go to the big houses. or And I think TCU – is just going to be very, very good this year for, for what they have coming back. So I'll go TCU as well. Um, moving on, Ohio State is going to Indiana. Uh, Kyle McCord is now the starter. Marvin Harris. Indiana does have the Tennessee transfer. Javian Jackson. Uh, I actually, I think I'm going to take Indiana here. It always seems like Ohio State, I don't know why in my head, like I feel like they kind of struggle or – at least just, I think Ohio State's going to win the game. I just don't know if they're going to cover this game. And Indiana seems to always do well at home, and they always seem to have a surprise game uh, throughout the season. So I'm going to go. And, then, and you never know with Kyle being his first game at the road, too. So I'll go Indiana here. I'm actually going to take the Hoosiers here, and here's why. Indiana has a better quarterback than Ohio State for the first time, maybe in the history of this uh of this game. Taven Jackson was very yeah. good. And the only reason he didn't win the Tennessee job is because uh, of so many people in front of him, including Hendon Hooker. They're not going to win. They're not going to keep it close. And Ohio State might lay it, lay it on pretty thick into the second half. But I could see a 35-7 game, uh, a 42-14 game, and they get under the wire. The money is actually flowing in on Indiana here. The, the public is split. They think the number's too high. Uh, um, so I'm going to take Indiana. I don't feel good about it, and it'll probably probably get ugly early. So I'd probably, if I had a bet here, it'd be Ohio State first half. But I think Indiana is going to keep chopping and, and keep it relatively respectable. 
Yeah, that number's too high. I think, you know, 24 and a half, you, you think about OSU. Uh, but I think in the, at Indiana, Tom Allen, defensive coach, that defense got a ton of seniors and experience on it um, while Ohio State works in a new quarterback. So I, I don't think any Ohio State quarterback in start one has lit the world on fire. And obviously, talent-wise, we, we like some of the other guys maybe a little bit more than Kyle McCord. And, and neither of them has gone crazy in game one. So throw that in there, especially on the road with all the expectation. I, I do think the number's just too big. So I'll take the Hoosiers. Very good. All right. We got Buffalo at Wisconsin. I, I was trying to do some prep work on this and I just couldn't really find too much. I don't love this line at 27 and a half because Wisconsin, I, they just don't always put up that many points. But I really don't know who Buffalo has. I, I didn't really do a whole lot of research on them. So they might prove me wrong, but I think it's just going to be Wisconsin. Tanner Mordecai is there now. And if he doesn't do the what do what they think he's going to do, they have uh, is it Brelon Allen, the running back. So they'll yeah, just rely on Allen. him. Yep. Braylon. Yeah. I mean, Wisconsin's very good in their offense is going to look completely different. But change doesn't come so fast. So – um, I'm actually going to take Buffalo in this game. The public loves Wisconsin, which means I'm staying away from Wisconsin on principle alone. Um, but, you know, Luke Fickle is going to try to prove, and Phil Longo, the new offensive coordinator, is going to try to prove that they can go up tempo, they can go fast, and that they could score a lot of points and then rely on that defense um, to really do a good job. That will probably be true. Um, but, you know, Luke Fickle hasn't been known to blow people out and to begin with. And there's a lot of pieces on this team that still there are still a lot of question marks, especially at receiver. So, you know, if they go three and out, three and out, they're going to to their bread and butter and go to, you know, Allen and run the ball. And Mordecai will throw it around here and there. Um, but I'm just going to take Buffalo because the public loves Wisconsin so much. Well, I'm a part of the public on this one. So give me Wisconsin. <laughs> Not a much to talk about with Buffalo. I do think Mordecai, even though it, it is a bunch of new pieces, I do think his experience will allow him to kind of settle in. Long-time relationship there with Phil Longo. I do think that pays off early for the Badgers. And and kind of like Iowa, we're going to we're waiting to see them throw the ball, push the ball down the field. I think this one is obviously going to happen and come together a lot sooner than it will for the Hawkeyes. So I think Wisconsin's comfortable in this game and you know those defensive pieces that kept wisconsin relevant forever along with the defensive minded head coach will keep buffalo at bay on the other side of the coin so i do think that this is a you know 31 to 3 kind of game and, and that would hit the number okay boise state at washington 14 and a half gordy sneaky game mm-hmm yeah, this is actually going to be a sneaky, interesting game. Um, I think the hook makes it more interesting. But Washington might be one of those teams that uh, is, is sort of sneaky good and can be in contention. You know, everybody's talking about USC college football playoff. I think Washington can keep pace with them scoring. Michael Penix could be in the Heisman hunt uh, more than ever. But I think 14 and a half is too much. I'm going to, in a battle of the Pacific Northwest, the things shut down in, in the Pacific Northwest when these two, you know, come together to play. So <laughs> I'm going to take, you know, even, even the protests, they, they stop protesting at this time. Uh, I'm going to take Boise State uh, plus 14 and a half. And the reason why here too, the public's all over Washington and the number's falling. So it started at 15 and a half. It's down to 14 and a half. That means somebody walked into the Venetian Yahoo Sportsbook and put a big bet on the Broncos. So I'm going to take them. Uh, I think they're going to battle. A lot of those kids thought they should play at Washington. They had to go to Boise. Um, so I'm going to take the Broncos to cover the number but not win. I'm back and forth. I truly am. This, this one's tight. Like you said, AG, that hook makes a big difference. I, I do think – Washington's going to be, you know, old school Phoenix Suns. They're going to score. I mean, they're going to outscore everybody. They're going to push the ball down the field. I mean, Penix might be the best deep ball thrower just in terms of accuracy, not arm strength in the country. And a lot of those guys are back uh, for, for that roster. Um, but, man, Boise, just this is this is what they do. The Boise State, regardless of coach, regardless of quarterback, 
regardless of location, when they have time to game plan, and obviously you've got the entire offseason, they do work. So I'm, I'm kind of talking through it, thinking I'm, I'm going to go blue over purple in this one, and that hook is, is probably the main reason why. I think it was 13 and a half. We probably roll the other way. But Boise's going to hang around in this game with physicality and defense, which is well, the opposite of what Washington is known for under this uh, Kalen DeBoer regime. If Gatlin Bear was there, Washington would be 14 and a half point underdogs, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Watch out. You beat me to it. No, it's going to break my heart. There's a lot of kids in my hometown that actually play football at Boise State. But I think Michael really wants to go for the Heisman. I think he's going to try to put as many points, as many stats. So I'll go the opposite of you guys. I think I'm going to go Washington here. Even though you, I thought you guys would be pretty confident going Washington, you guys proved me wrong. But I think I'm going to stick with my gut and go Washington and Michael and see how it plays out but it will be it's going to be a, a game i will have to sweat out the whole time for sure all right let's move on rice at texas uh minus 35 who wants this one has rice jt daniels ever lost a game by 35 <laughs> <laughs> i forgot that that was the rice quarterback oh man wow i gotta, I gotta reevaluate old jt daniels baby <laughs> I forgot to look his um his brother's there. Um the running back. Who's there? The receiver. Hang on. I gotta find it. It's gonna kill me. Sorry. Well, while while you look for that, I'm going to take Texas. Um I don't know why. Rice is just I mean, Texas could kind of name the number here that the, again I'm laying way too much chalk. That's that's a lot. Um, but it's a season opener. Got to get that offense going. The defense is going to be good. This is a potential college football playoff team. Something just tells me 62-10, and I, I just think they're going to run it up. Um, you know, the, Texas, the, the, the Big 12 AD came out this week and told Texas Tech to handle their business and beat Texas. That's motivating for them in their last year in the Big 12 um, before things get really serious in the SEC. So while Sark can get these big wins, he will. Um, I'm taking them, although it does concern me that they have Bama next week and they don't want um, to run it up too much. But if anybody has seen Malik Murphy um, or Arch Manning, they know that they can go in there and score points at will against Rice, too. So someone said it's going to be fried rice in Austin this weekend. I'm taking I'm taking the horns. I, uh, I found it. It was it's a uh, Luke yeah, McCaffrey. I don't know about Court. Go ahead. Sorry. Wow. So a, a JT Daniel Luke McCaffrey backfield for the Owls. Uh, no, he's playing receiver. And oh, even better. So the connection yeah. will be alive, and they'll be notable before the first drive when people say, "Oh, that's where these guys are," and that's probably it. So. I think AG is right, right on it for this one. I think even more so if you start pulling Quinn Ewers and these guys, those Texas backups, especially on offense, have a lot to prove. Uh, and Sark has a lot to prove. Just like we talked about with Brent Venables in Oklahoma, you don't want to limp into the SEC. So both of those coaches, to me, have a lot uh, at stake every game, and, and style points are going to play a part of that. So I think there's an oomph with Texas, and this is probably the only 30-plus spread that I'm – fairly comfortable with although hey jt daniels doesn't lose much keep that keep that in mind <laughs> the pride of modern day right there yeah i'll go texas here as well i think even luke mccaffrey wears an elbow brace like jj Watt as playing a receiver so it, it's a it's a good look and it's <laughs> nice. it's everything yeah, that, i think they played SC last year it is but yeah. um yeah i'm gonna go texas but my main question is if they're gonna go malik after a big lead and if it gets up to like 35, 40, and they're just going to start running the ball, will they just throw Arch in? I know we kind of talked about it last week, but do you think they're just going to throw Arch in to get the crowd excited and he just hands the ball off the whole time? Huh, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. It's a, it's a lose-lose situation for Arch Manning. He goes in and throws three touchdowns. He's not going to be the starting quarterback, and everyone's going to want it. He goes in and looks like he did in the spring game. Then everybody freaks out that he's just a name and he's no good. So – I think Sark's going to be very protective over Arch. Just give him his time and let him develop, and then we'll see how it goes from there. Cool. 
Um, we'll move on. Nevada at USC. Another big spread for the Trojans, minus 38. I think we all nailed this one last week. But, uh, John, what are your thoughts? What do you, what do you, what's your gut say? USC doesn't cover these. I mean, they just don't. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, it'll be kind of the same deal. We'll, we'll talk Caleb Williams. We'll talk Zach Branch and, and this uh, high-flying offense. But, again, defensively, just uh, a lot of question marks. You know, they, they gave up 28 to San Jose State on a night where they had no business scoring that much. So N- Nevada's got a decent roster. Um, they, they can hang around and, and probably feel more confident after seeing USC in week one that they can go and, and splash and, and find pay dirt uh, against that Trojan defense. So, again, just too big of a number for USC. Give me the Wolfpack. Yeah, it always concerns me when you score 56 and don't cover. I mean, Jesus. I mean, God almighty. I mean, come on. San Jose State scored 28 against you. I get it. You know, I was listening to Yogi Roth about this, and he's like, well, there were two busts, and if not, they wouldn't have scored those two touchdowns. Well, that's the problem, that they're, they're still having those busts, and they're, the busts are happening against San Jose State. And this game early was actually pretty close for a while. So – Nevada is a horrible football team. They're, they're, it's a complete group of transfers. Some of them are actually pretty good, though. Um, so they only averaged about 18 points a game last year. So if I put that calculation in my head, USC would have to get to 56 again to, uh, to cover that number. It's just too many points. Um, unless, the, unless the defense completely changed in one week, they're not going to get to it. They have actual real football games coming up. Um, they're not going to push it. Um, 38 is too big. I'll take the pack. Yep. I agree with you guys. USC will make some mistakes somewhere and it's going to ruin it. So I'll go Nevada. All right. New Mexico state at Texas A&M minus 38. I'll start here. I have actually bet this one in the past before I've taken New Mexico and they burn me every time. I think one time it was 42. I took New Mexico and the score was 42 to nothing. Or 40, 44 to nothing. I could not believe wow. it. They could not score. They burned me, and they'll never burn me again. I'm taking the Aggies. I'm going with Bryce Foster up the middle at center. He's going to lead us to the promised land at 38. There are pros, Corey, and there are Joes, and you're the Joe. This is my show. I am the mush. I got the lock because you know why? They burned me in the past with, with different players. I was going to say, is this your lock right here? No, this is not my lock. This is this is just personal. This is this is a personal game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually going to take a And M in a weird way here. Um, New Mexico's offense was just complete trash last year. I mean, there's no way to say it any nicer. They were horrifically bad. Um, they brought in a transfer quarterback from UAB, so they're not going to be any better. Now the, now the question becomes, does Jimbo want to run it up with Petrino calling plays? Or does he want to make it where Petrino doesn't look like the genius that the, the, like the mm-hmm. offense has been unleashed under someone else? And he doesn't want to get too crazy here. So that's a, that's a tough call. But the defense is going to be so overwhelmingly good that the Hopkins kid from UAB is going to be put on a cart early because he doesn't want any part of this. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be 45, nothing. I'm taking a and um, but the Jimbo ego factor here, I think is actually going to play a little bit of a thing here. Give me New Mexico. I, I just, again, this is another one until I see this A&M offense look efficient feel efficient, feel like a, a what we used to think of as a Jimbo Fisher offense, I'm, I can't be all in on it. Uh, so I do think the defense, is, as AG said, is going to be dominant. That defensive line is going to do whatever it wants uh, against New Mexico. Maybe it's a garbage time backdoor cover. I, I just don't – I don't know about this AM offense until we see it, we physically see it. Uh, that said – Look, Evan Stewart can, can take a bubble and, and go 80 yards a couple times in this game, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I just think it needs to all come together, and, and they're going to maybe have some up and downs in trying to figure out exactly that mesh between Jimbo and, and Bobby from an offensive standpoint. So sorry, Corey, I'm, I'm taking New Mexico, and, and we need to start uh, pushing against each other a little bit anyway. So I'm, maybe maybe gamesmanship here from me, but <laughs> I don't trust a and Nobody does – 
less with more than AM in the last decade. So just just show it to me, guys. This I'm offense this. this offense is gonna look, look like a Harley cruising down the back roads of Fayetteville, Arkansas, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, <laughs> they are gonna be popping. Right. Smooth ride for sure. Smooth. Yeah. I'll be clipping this, John, by the way, so you know when they break your heart, you'll see. <laughs> you'll see. All right, West Virginia at Penn State, 20 and a half. Um, Gorney, the alumni, let's see what you got. Yeah. Got any homer picks? Um, what's weird is that the numbers are showing that the, the, the they're split evenly, uh, the public, but the money's actually going to West Virginia, and I, I don't really get it. Like, I have to... I have to see the weather in this situation. I have to see if something's going on with wind or something because I think Penn State could easily win this game 35-10, 42-10. Um, that Penn State offense is going to be sneaky good. But again, it, Penn State always is known to sort of just be very methodical and not um, not really cover these big, bigger numbers a lot of the times. That, that's where it gets tricky. But West Virginia is not a good football team. Uh, this is actually sort of some something of a regional rivalry, too. It's the season opener. I'm going to take Penn State minus 20 and a half. Although, when you see 20 and a half, it's Vegas begging you to take, uh, begging you to take that number. I'm still going to fall and, and be a sucker and take them, though. What about you, John? This is it. This is it for Neil Brown, right? I mean, th this has got to be the year for him. I do think there's a couple of funky plays with this West Virginia roster that can maybe keep the Mountaineers in this game. You know, Garrett Green is a, a true dual threat, a small quarterback who can move around a ton. C.J. Donaldson's a big Miami guy who can do everything offensively. He can run it. He can catch it. I think there's some some quirkiness in, in this offense that could work for West Virginia to keep them in it. So I do think that combined with how much is on the line for, for Neil Brown in terms of just holding on to this gig, you got to show well game one against an, an opponent who is overmatching you just about across the board. And there's still some transition obviously going on with, with Penn State and, and that offense. So I do think West Virginia can hang around in this game before Penn State pulls away late and, and maybe wins it by 17, but not 20 and a half. Give me the nears. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go West Virginia here as well. Uh, Gordon, I heard kind of the same thing. My Someone always told me if it's 20 and a half, don't ever take it. So I guess I'll just I'll stick with that because I I did West Virginia used to have that Scottsdale quarterback, Gorney. That's out by us. He was the lefty. I know he's not the starter there, but I used to, he was a good player. But I know it's that he's, green he's guy. Nico, Nico Marchio. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he's the him. backup. So he might play. Yeah, he might play. So it'll be. Uh... It'll be interesting to see. But as I'm looking through my Athlon Sports magazine here, one of the quotes from an opposing Big 12 coaches on West Virginia, this might be the worst roster in the league. So I just don't – I just think they get – I think they get outmanned here a little bit. They, they bring back their whole offensive line, though, so that'll be interesting to see if they try to stretch it out and make it a slower game. But I just think they get outmanned. I just think 20 and a half is a little – I think they're going to win Penn State, but I, I'm with John. I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're going to win by that much. So, one of my favorite games of the week. This is not my lock of the week, but one of my favorites to watch is going to be North Carolina at South Carolina. I think the game, South Carolina gets two and a half, right? Yeah. Um, Drake May, Spencer Rattler. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, John, I'm going to start with this one. Who do you like? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think this this atmosphere, everything will, this will be the most college football league game of the weekend, if, if that makes sense. Some marquee quarterbacks uh, with, with a lot ahead for 2023. But two different scenarios outside of the quarterbacks. To me, South Carolina brings back a, a lot of talent offensively. They brought in some nice transfers. North Carolina, it doesn't feel like the players around Drake May maybe are as well-known just yet. Uh, and I know they had, you know, um, one of their top receivers get denied that NCAA waiver. So I do think that South Carolina's poised to, to stick it to North Carolina at home just a little bit, or is this a neutral side game? I th think it's neutral. I'm not sure. I'm actually going to take North Carolina here. And the reason is because um, the public, the money is flowing on the Tar Heels for some weird reason. Somebody put big money on the Tar Heels in this game. 
And honestly, I just don't trust Spencer Rattler against maybe the best quarterback in the entire country. So, yeah, there's talent. They they brought in transfers. There's a lot of momentum there. I think this could actually be pretty high scoring. Um, I'm just going to take North Carolina um, basically by, you know, win by a field goal, get out of there. Interesting game, but I'll take Drake May and Mac Brown's legendary status uh, over Spencer Rattler here. Yeah, I'm going to go South Carolina. I like the fact that they get two and a half. I don't, I, we don't know where they're actually playing, but I just like the fact that they get plus two and a half going into the game. Another year for Spencer. He finished the year strong last year. So I will go with them. Uh, this next game, probably one of the most interesting games is Middle Tennessee at Alabama because I don't believe Alabama released a depth chart. So we don't really know what the offense is. We don't really know anything. Um, and and the line is huge at 30 at 39. So it's a real question mark game. What what's Saban gonna do? Who's gonna be the quarterback? How they're gonna does everyone get a quarter or I don't know? Yeah. Um I'm gonna take Middle Tennessee by principle here. Um Alabama has a quarterback problem, um, as much as anybody wants to say it. Their 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 defense is gonna be phenomenal. They could easily win the game 49, nothing and, and still look bad. Um, but they don't have a quarterback. Uh, so I think Saban's, I think Saban is super pissed about how Georgia, what Georgia is doing. The sort of storyline that Georgia has overtaken Alabama as the Kings of college football, I think has, has made him re-motivated in a way. Um, so I could see him laying a big number on them, but I also kind of see him getting back to his roots and his roots is, are running the ball, smash mouth football and controlling the game with defense. So that means not a lot of points. So I could see 35, nothing. I can see 42, seven and, and Saban snapping that they, that middle Tennessee scored a late touchdown on a blown play by some freshman corner, which has happened in the past. It's going to be ugly. And I think this Alabama team is very motivated, so I'm, I'm sort of nervous to do this. But it, it's, I think that offense is just going to be a drag. So whether it's Jalen Milrow, who it probably is, um, you know, the, the talk out of there is that the best quarterback there is Dylan Lonergan. So we'll see how this quarterback situation plays out. Um, but I think it's going to – I would take under whatever the number is, um, and I would take Middle Tennessee. Yeah, I'm right there. It's just unsettled. And we know Nick likes to take this stuff into the season. And when that happens, multiple quarterbacks play. And when that happens, there's no continuity with the wide receivers. How much of it are you trying to evaluate versus just execute and go out there and run the offense and win the game? That could create one of these guys, uh, you know, pressing a little bit, turning the ball over. I could see MTSU kind of scraping together. 10 points in this one, even though that Bama defense will be maybe the best in the country. I just think there's too much uncertainty at quarterback to feel comfortable laying 39 points, uh, especially in an opener. It feels like Alabama doesn't ever come out guns a blazing offensively, especially when they're unsettled at the quarterback position. So I, I think this one is, is too big a number. All right, you guys are going to love it. I'm going to do my pro and Joe take right here. I have no idea what yes. to pick. And Whenever, when in doubt, always go Nick Saban. Give me Alabama, and that's my only reason why. Is because whenever I go, whenever I go against Alabama, they burn me. So I'm just gonna play it safe. I'll go Alabama. It's a lot of points. I'll probably regret it in a week. But I hope I prove you guys wrong with my All Joe right. take. <laughs> All right, here comes my Stone Cold Lock of the Week right here. South Alabama at Tulane, six and a half. You know, I saw Spencer play in the off season. He did like a mission trip out in like Indonesia or something. He surfed. I think he found himself, and I think he's ready to go bring it back. I think the line's way too low. They're at home. South Alabama's not very good. I think they're just going to blow them out, and that's that's my lock. Well, so does 85% of the public there, Corey, so you know what that means. You're going South you take Alabama. the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking South Alabama. I don't know why, other than the public. 
Yeah, look, two experienced Floridians going at it at quarterback in this one. Carter Bradley for USA is not a bad player. Son of Gus Bradley, former NFL head coach. He's a sneaky good quarterback that's getting some Sunday love. So I think that's probably why this line isn't as big as, as maybe the public would think. But I do like Michael Pratt in this Tulane offense. I think it's just too much. They lost players. They lost coaches. Uh, but it's a new year. They're at home, and, and they've got something to prove. And Pratt is is a wild man out there. He's like Matt Corral. Like, he just doesn't care. So I think in the end, even if it's not – or even if it is close – I think he's still going to risk things, and I think it's going to pay off. So I actually think Tulane covers this with, with a 7-10 to 10 point win. My big lock of the week, I said the guy's name wrong. I think I said the Hills guy, Spencer. Not, not, shows you how, how, shows you how much of a lock that is. I can't even get the start. And I, met, and I talked to the guy in the offseason. Good <laughs> friends, you know? All right, we'll kind of speed this up a little bit. Uh, Oregon State at San Jose State, 16 and a half. Yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting game. I actually like Oregon State here. San Jose gave it their all last weekend. They're not a bad football team, but Oregon State might actually be one of those top, you know, top fifteen ish, top twenty teams in the country. This number is a little weird because it's dropped, um, even though a lot of money is coming on Oregon State. I'm still going to stick with the Beavers. I never say no to the Beavers. I'm taking DJ uh, minus sixteen and a half here. I like John. Yeah, joke. I I totally right right in there right in my face. <laughs> I think Oregon State. Look, this is a steady program. We don't talk about them like this, but this is a, a steady program that's going to play very good defense. Not have the the coverage bust that that USC showed against San Jose State, and I think them scoring twenty eight against USC is is probably changing this this line a little bit and making people a little bit overconfident here. DJ's got a ton to prove, and that offense is is rock solid they're going to control the football and put up points so i think oregon state can can get over that number yep i'll, I'll go with you guys oregon state you guys made all the good points all right the big game of the week i believe this is the sunday night game lsu versus florida state plus two and a half john want to take this one yeah i'm going with this one as as my lock uh, i think that um the more we dig into this matchup, the more expectation on Florida State becomes reliant on, on Jordan Travis. And, and I like him a lot. Absolutely a Heisman candidate. I think uh, he'll be an all-ACC kind of guy. But I think it's the other quarterback that we don't talk about enough. I think it's Jaden Daniels. I, I think it's LSU and this team that just bubbled up at the right time last year. They know they should have beat Florida State last year in, in game one. Um, under Brian Kelly. So I just think that they're more figured out. And just one-to-one, when Jaden Daniels is on the field, I feel like he's got more control than Travis. And mainly the other way, when Travis is on the field, Harold Perkins is going to be the spy. And I think that could be a sneaky difference in this game. I know um, the big DT, uh, Mason Smith, isn't going to be out there for LSU. That's a huge deal. I do think FSU can run the ball a little bit in this game, but I just think the progression of, of Jaden Daniels, who's my preseason SEC player of the year, I think is going to be a little bit too much to overcome. And Harold Perkins, again, reminds folks why he's one of the freakiest players we've, we've ever evaluated. And he can sort of lock down Jordan Travis, who has been a little injury prone uh, early on in, in his Florida state tenure. So I think LSU can get this win beyond uh, two and a half points. Yeah. I still, I still hate myself. Uh, Harold Perkins played running back at the Under Armour game instead of linebacker should have been the you know top 10 player in the country easily but he was kind of messing around that week and so that is a big regret but I will not regret taking LSU in this game payback central that is that is the bread and butter so I'm taking LSU um, you know the public loves them but so does the money so the money's following them too it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great game. I think both teams, no matter what, will still be in the college football playoff hunt after Saturday. Um, there was some, if I remember correctly, there were some blown extra points and maybe a field goal that LSU kind of blew last year. Um, that is not yep. going to happen year two under Brian Kelly. Going to be a close, hard fought, fun game to watch. Um, but I'm going to take LSU. Yep. I'm with the. Uh... I'm going to go LSU here as well. I don't really see what everyone sees in Florida State, and I think LSU is a good ball club. I think they're 
very aggressive, very explosive. And Daniels is very, very good at quarterback. So easy pick right there. All right, we made it. Final game. Clemson versus Duke minus 13. Gorney. Yeah, this is going to be an this is an interesting line because um, you know a lot of people question Clemson, especially after looking terrible in that bowl game against Tennessee. Duke having a great year last year, kind of competing, but this is still Clemson and Duke. So I am taking Clemson. I don't love this pick because I don't love Clemson's offensive firepower, um, but I think. Teams are are done overlooking Duke. Riley Leonard's a very good quarterback, but they're they're going to take this game seriously. If this was a week four, five game, if we're getting into October and they're kind of dragging a little bit, I might take Duke minus 13. This is the first game. Clemson, guns blazing, they're coming out. I'm taking Clemson to cover. I've got Clemson as a sneaky college football playoff team. You know, we know defensively, They'll, they'll have the best unit in the ACC, maybe by a wide margin. So it really is all on Kate Klubnick and that offense. Can he build chemistry with those wide receivers? The O-line should be good. We know the rushing attack should be good as well. And all those elements are enough for me to, to take Clemson um, comfortably, I think, in this game. Riley Leonard's a dude, no doubt. Alabama native, legit basketball prospect back in the day, true dual threat. Uh, but just not as much talent around him. And, and like Gorney said, I think the best point, the secret's out on Duke. No, Nobody's going to overlook them, especially Clemson, right? This is on brand for Dabo to kind of cap, capture some of that spotlight back that it seems like people are undervaluing um, this year, like we talked about on the last pod. Nine and a half wins felt like a, a no-brainer number for me to, to jump over. And I think it gets started with a cover uh, against the Blue Devils. Yeah, when this line came out, I actually kind of wanted to go Duke. And then I had to remember what you said, John, about Cade last week, and it actually convinced me. So I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go Clemson here. I think the offense. Now Cade's going to throw three picks. So thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Put DJ back in. <laughs> I forget it. Just kidding. No, I'm going Clemson. Um, all right. Uh, I had my lock of the week. John has lock of the week. Gorney, what was your lock of the week? Yeah, very quickly, I'm taking Coastal Carolina as my lock of the week coming out to UCLA. Um, there'll be 20,000 people in the stands r- ranting and raving. It'll be crazy, crazy atmosphere there. Uh, Ethan Garbers won the starting job at UCLA over Dante Moore. And honestly, that feels like Chip Kelly's given, given his buddy a, a little bit of a, a favor there. Dante Moore is the far better quarterback. I like Ethan Garber's nice kid. Great, great player. But I mean, Dante Moore is a very special kid. So I think we're going to see Dante Moore early in this game, which could make things interesting. But Coastal Carolina is a very good team. Grayson McCall is good. They're going to be able to score points. I, I would take the over if I was betting this game, but 14 and a half is too much. So Shanta clears um, to cover. That's my lock of the week. And we're done. 53 minutes too long. We need to cut this in half next week. I know, I know. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, please like, subscribe, turn on notifications. Please follow us on all the platforms. I'm Corey Gibson. That's Adam Gorney. That's John Garcia. This was The Mush.